0: To another episode of Peter's Proffer here in the courtroom of current events. And today we're recording this episode all across the country. We've got my dad in North Carolina, we've got Pete in our uh, brick and mortar office in Clearwater, and I am in my home office. And we are here to talk about President Trump and his tax returns. We're going to talk about the Supreme Court's decision. We're going to dig into what it actually means and what we think is going to happen here before the upcoming election. So, you want to hear about any topics like this? Do you have any current event questions or legal questions for us? We'd love to do a podcast on it. So please send it in via our social media. At Tragos Law is our handle, or you can send me an email, Peter Tragos at greeklaw.com. dot com. Get into is what what is the issue with Trump's tax returns? Why is there a legal proceeding regarding them? What's going on? Let's get a little background to where we're at. All
1: right, there's actually two specific issues. One of them goes back to like 2015, before uh, Trump even got elected. There was a question about whether or not he was obligated to release his tax returns because most presidential candidates release their tax returns to the public. And President Trump indicated that he was not, and he did not, and he has not. Issue number two, uh, I should continue, Uh, the House of Representatives wants Trump's tax term because they absolutely want to release it to the public. Issue number two, which is related, is there is a a prosecutor in Manhattan that is doing a criminal investigation. He wants Trump's uh, financial records, so that he can use them in investigating whatever crime he's investigating. And the Trump uh, camp basically said, nope, I'm immune, I'm the President of the United States. You, local prosecutor, don't have the right to my tax returns. So that's, those are the two major issues that the Supreme Court considered uh, yesterday.
0: Have these kinds of issues ever um, come up before? Have we had these issues before where presidents are trying to block um, submitting their tax returns? Oh, it's, it's actually come up several times. Um, there is a uh,
2: – one was uh, – and it's not necessarily tax returns. Let's, let's do it with the broader issue, which is the presidential privilege. And that's really what they're basing it on, saying, look, I'm the president. People just can't willy-nilly come and get my stuff. And uh, President Nixon used that privilege when he tried to block the uh, tapes from – uh, being released. He said those are privileged conversations in the White House so they can't be released. Uh, a privilege is also used by Aaron Burr which is a familiar name now because of the Hamilton uh, play that's become so popular. Aaron Burr tried to block uh, the uh, information about his personal life and his personal uh, financial life from being revealed because he was the vice president under Thomas Jefferson. And in both those cases, the court ruled against Aaron Burr and against President Nixon, saying these items should
0: be released. That's the precedent that reasoning? does What was the reasoning for overcoming that presidential privilege in those cases, do you know? Well, it's because a president is not, it's a very familiar term, not above the law.
2: But there are certain restrictions, and Roberts was very good when they wrote the opinion uh saying what the restrictions were and I think we need to make sure we understand there are two big issues here Congress and uh, uh, state attorney or district attorney Vance and the grand jury are totally different issues different law applies to each of those because Vance's issue is a grand jury subpoena not a congressional subpoena and grand juries have always been really protected uh, by the courts and saying look A grand jury cannot do their job of investigating if their hands are tied. And it's very rare that you get a grand jury subpoena quashed in any circumstance because – and I know we're going to talk about this – because
0: the grand jury rules are different than the congressional rules. Okay, so when we're going to get into the decision here, let's first talk about – and I know we've talked about the issues overall. We've kind of given a little background But what were the specific questions that the court answered? And for people that aren't familiar with reading judicial opinions, usually they say, here are the questions before the court. The court doesn't answer questions that it doesn't feel like it has to answer. So what were the questions that actually came before this court that they gave answers to in this opinion?
2: Well, there were, again, we have to separate grand jury and congressional. One of the big questions for the grand jury is, can a president require a heightened standard or a greater standard for a grand jury subpoena to a president than a grand jury subpoena to anybody else? That was, that was one question. And the court answered that question in the negative saying grand jury subpoenas have the same standard for everybody, including the president. Now, when it came to Congress, I think the court the, the court recognized that there are political implications in congress as to what they're doing can congress without any legislative reason or intent subpoena a presidential uh, presidential material or financial records without any legislative reason and I think the court when you read the opinion said no that there has to be some legislative justification so again Grand juries, wide open. Legislature, Congress, there must be some restrictions. And the overall question that uh, Jay Sekulow, the president's attorney, came in and talked about was, is there a general overriding presidential privilege that protects all this stuff so that we don't have to do any of this stuff? And the court answered that in the negative.
0: Okay, and that's what I was going to say. So let's start out with, is the president categorically immune from grand jury requests?
1: No, and that's specifically the term is is the president absolutely immune? Does he uh, enjoy absolute immunity? And the court has decided that the answer is no. The president is not above the law. He is not different than anybody on the street when it comes to immunity for a grand jury subpoena. And that
0: that was a 7-2 to two vote with the justices and the two uh, Supreme Court justice that Trump actually nominated Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, both sided with that seven to two majority saying he is not categorically immune. And to, to be important, I mean, this is not just a question for Trump, but this is a question for all presidents going forward. And that's why it's very important to get it right. And I think they did get it right And that the president should, there's nobody that should be absolutely immune from anything categorically, no matter who you are or what your position are. And I think that's the side that the court came down um, okay, so so Dad, why don't you talk about what is the next portion of the opinion for the quick questions that they answered? Well, the they gave
2: certain criteria that they believe were not answered um, by the lower court. When the lower court made a decision that Trump had to turn all this over to Congress. And so they said, we're sending it back to the lower court. And the lower court's going to have to answer some questions because— they don't want these subpoenas, and they say this, they don't want the subpoenas to be something that cripples a president, so that all the president is doing, is, instead of being the chief executive of the country, is they're answering grand jury subpoenas so that Congress is allowed to impede the carrying out of his responsibilities by issuing, the, issuing these subpoenas. So they, went, they did some safeguards. The lower court must take a look and find out, is there a legislative purpose is there a reason the legislature wants these? Is that reason justified? And is it something that will not impede the president in the carrying out of
0: their responsibilities? Do you think they take into account at all the the partisan nature of politics these days and how you know these types of subpoenas or things can really just be done to try to start a wild goose chase? Because even in our civil cases where our client's basically put their history and their life and their medical history all at issue in a case, there's still limitations to subpoenas so that they're not um, invasive or harassing. And did they talk about at all the lines that they may draw for that when it comes to the president? Well, they use
2: some language like it should
0: be reasonably narrow to accomplish the
2: legislative objective. So it shouldn't be any broader than it has to be. Uh, That's something we use in our subpoenas is, is the subpoena is too broad that they want 20 years worth of let's say medical records, and really they only need five. And we've gone to court to have the court limit the number of years that they can ask to, you know to go back for medical records. And they're saying the same thing here is that the courts are going to have to determine whether what Congress is asking for is narrow enough and reasonably calculated to support their legislative objective. Yeah. And that is, let's face it, that is a political decision, but the court is trying not to get involved in the political decision, but we all know that the legislative objective is certainly politically driven.
1: One of the distinctions that the court made in the opinion, uh, by granting the prosecutor's ability or or affirming the prosecutor's ability to get documents and denying the House's uh, opportunity documents One of the things that they said was, grand jury uh, material is uh, confidential, and rarely do you see breaches of that confidence. On the other hand, material that makes its way to Congress often finds itself being leaked. And I think that's one of the things that uh, the justices used to say... From a political perspective, anything that comes to Congress—and they didn't specifically say House Democrats or Republicans—they just set, spoke generally in a political sense—gets leaked to the press. While you know the grand jury, uh, you know subpoenas that are designed to administer justice normally are respected.
2: And I think we should keep in mind that there are a difference between federal and state grand juries, and the grand jury that has subpoenaed Trump's records in New York is a state grand jury, not a federal grand jury. And the court specifically stated there is no difference in the broad nature of the investigative tool of a grand jury, whether it's state or federal. And the same rules apply for those subpoenas and the fact that those subpoenas should be honored and the documents turned over to the grand jury. Another aspect, too, that came into this that uh, the court did talk about, and I know the, the president raised, was the separation of powers. We have three distinct branches of government. And if one branch of government can dominate the other branch of government, then the checks and balances designed in the Constitution don't work. And that's why they tried to be careful when it came to Congress that they didn't overburden or uh, uh, a burden imposed on the president with these subpoenas so that he could not do his job. And they told the lower court, you need to take that into consideration when you're deciding whether this congressional subpoena is justified.
0: So, so what does all this actually mean? What's going to happen? Does Trump have to turn over his tax returns? What, what are we going to see happen now moving forward?
1: Practically speaking, this doesn't mean a thing. Um, the court has, the Supreme Court has sent has not made a decision, frankly, about the merits of the specific subpoenas. So they have sent it back to the lower court. So the, uh, the state court in New York is going to have to make a determination, which I think George has called the Supreme Court. Their trial court is the Supreme Court has to make some certain decisions. By the time all of that happens, this November's election will be done and gone. Uh, I just don't so, think it's a practical application of this.
0: Right. So doesn't what's probably going to happen is the lower court is going to provide the information that the Supreme Court is requesting to say why these subpoenas are specific enough, are asking for information that Trump should turn over. That's probably going to end up being their decision. But aren't Trump's attorneys just going to appeal to the Supreme Court again, Once the lower court does that Well well, that's what Peter was saying That There's a a legal Effect
2: of this and a practical effect Legal effect Where we've got some criteria now They have uh, Overruled some of Trump's arguments But they gave him uh, An avenue still to try to restrict The the, uh, Documents from being turned over That's the legal effect But the practical effect is November elections are going to be over and done there's no way this can get
0: done in a time frame between now and November so that this is all resolved. So what happens if Trump loses the election in November? What happens to all of these cases?
2: I think they're going to still go on, but he'll have a weaker argument with regards to the separation of
0: powers because he won't be president anymore. And at the same time, he's got a lot less to lose at that point because he's already not president. Right. 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 So, Pete, what was what was abnormal about these decisions and the timing of these decisions?
1: Um, Normally, the Supreme Court. uh, Well, first of all, the Supreme Court has a session. They're not uh, constantly putting opinions out there. They actually have a session. Normally, they'll keep their most controversial or the, you know, the biggest cases towards the end. And they normally hear them uh, towards the end of June this particular session was interesting because none of this stuff got done until now, what, the middle of July, the beginning, middle of July, and this was the first time the Supreme Court suspended in-person oral arguments, and it was their first ever telephone argument. Uh, so they basically did oral arguments before the Supreme Court by phone, kind of what we're doing in the lower courts and the local courts here in, in Florida.
2: Yeah, And remember, people should know, You cannot listen to the Supreme Court live, and this is the first time you could. And it was a real break in precedent, uh, and it just shows how this pandemic is affecting every fabric of life, including the Supreme Court.
1: And one more thing that I thought was very interesting. Normally, uh, when you see presidents or political figures arguing before the Supreme Court, they will use the attorneys that are... Uh, Jordan, they call solicitors, uh, The people that actually are uh, supposed to argue in front of the Supreme Court, for the government, the Department of Justice has these people. Trump used his private lawyers to argue this as opposed to using the, I would say, the, the normal attorneys that would, would argue these things. And I thought that was very interesting because he obviously would rather do it privately and handle this himself than use the normal governmental uh, chain of command.
2: You know, do you have, who were the two justices that voted against this? was a 7-2. My guess is Clarence Thomas is one of them. I don't know. You're just guessing because I, I think there – I
0: heard there was a split in the liberal side. And I'm looking for the vote. So yeah. we were talking about who the 7-2 vote was, who the two votes were. My guess was Clarence Thomas and Alito. And, yeah. Dad, you looked it up, and that was so correct, Right. 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 So I guess we'll see as a country what happens with these tax returns. We'll see what these opinions actually mean, practically speaking, in the real world. And we'll see if Trump continues to try to delay it through the November elections. But that's all we have for this episode. So thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next time. oh that midnight train.